Well, good morning, guys. Well, this is how God seems to work with me. You know, he gives me a word. Then he gives me another word. So we're going to go with the recent word. Uh, so, Chris, you're only going to put one scripture up there, and it's not going to be for a little while. Uh, I won't use the clicker. So, Pat, you can breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> I'm not exactly the most technical guy. So hey, I'm going to open up in prayer real quick. Uh, Father, nothing is impossible with you. If we'd uh, just look around for a moment and just look at everybody here, um, all the different circumstances, all the different positions that we're in, the situations that we're in, um, the things that we've come through and out of, and we know that the fullness of God is in each one of us, and it just begs to be released, that the light is just trying to shine. Lord, and the world's dark, and we're called to be lights, and we're called to lift each other up. And that's what I pray that we'll do today, and we'll carry it outside of this building, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So... So, yeah, so I was talking about how God usually talks to me about different things. Um, lots of times I have, like, full sermons prepared, you know. And I've only did this, like, five or six times. So um, we get the Cliff Notes version of some of this, but I think it's it's, uh, it's an important word. Uh, maybe it's just for me, but I don't think so. So um, I'm going to read you a scripture, and we're just going to talk about the impossibleness of uh, um, maybe the situation that maybe you're in. At least in your eyes, it's impossible. But in God's eyes, it's completely, it can just be taken away. It can be cured. It can be removed. It can be left behind. Um, So we're going to talk about that. So um, first of all, uh, what I wanted to go over is what are we, how are we created you know, uh, David touched on, or actually it was, um, it was Kirk. He had said uh, that we need to worship his children, you know, that, that childlike uh, just worshiping needs to come out of us, right? So uh, first we're created to worship God. That's in Revelations uh, 14, 17. So if you want to take a few notes, you can. Um, I'm not going to read them, um, but... Uh, and then uh, we're to follow in the steps of Christ, and that's uh, John eight thirty one. Uh, in addition, uh, we're to listen to the Holy Spirit, uh, Ezekiel uh, thirty six twenty seven, because I like a little old school every now and then, right? So get a little little of that in there. Um, and these are really important things because they're going to shape us, right? Uh, when we go out into the world, that's what's going to shape us. But also when we have to tackle things in our spiritual lives. Um, we need to be prepared, and these things kind of set the just the, the guidelines for us. Um, so when we're when we're facing the enemy, part of my ser- sermon, uh, well, the first part was really just to define really who the devil is. You know, the tempter, uh, the enemy, um, uh, the evil one, uh, the the murderer, the devil, of course. Um, so these are all these those things. They, and these three things is what help you overcome that. Um, but there's three very important points, I think, when we are in the midst of uh, a spiritual battle. Um, 
first of all, we have to identify the situation. Right? You have to, have to identify what's in front of you. Uh, the next is you have to form an attack, right? a plan. And then the last one is you need to declare it. You need to declare who God is, how big he is, and that he can overcome it. So the impossibleness of things is overcome by, by Christ, by God. Um, and we need to be aware of that. So we're going to look at, we're going to go to 1 Samuel uh, 17, 1 through 51. And um, when God led me to this, you know, it's, it's the story of David and Goliath. So, you know, I, I read to my kids uh, most every night uh, some sort of a, a Bible story. I usually have them pick it out. Or if I'm led, I pick something out, you know. Um, and this is always a fun one, but I thought, oh, God, why are you bringing this to me? I mean, I've read this. You know, everybody knows this, you know. You know, the sling, the five stones, you know, big guy falls, right? So I'm just going to kind of paint that, that whole story real quick. Uh, we're, we'll read some scripture, but, you know, I just go over the basics. Um, you know, the Philistines are on one side, the Israelites are on the other side, and there's a valley right between it, right? And I think it's interesting that it's a valley. Um, and I have a scripture for that in Psalms 23. Um, and a lot of you guys will know this uh, if you're, you know, a Marine, if you're uh, in the Army, um, any military guy. Though I walk through the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. I'm not going to be afraid. And that's really important, um, really important to keep that focus, that even though you're going to go through a valley. And that's what Goliath was calling them to do. He went into the valley, and the devil was using him. He went into the valley, and then he spoke. And he called the Israelites down. He said, come down with me. I'll fight one of you. If one of you can beat me, then you'll be my slaves. But if I beat you, you'll all be my slaves. So, you know, he drew the line in the sand there. Um, And I think it's interesting that the devil called him into the valley. Now, when I think of the valley, uh, one of the first things I read when I was a Christian, uh, Nick Mihailov gave me a book. It was um, called uh, "The Authentic or Authentic Christianity," and it talked about the Tunnel of Chaos. It was by Bill Hybels, and he's a, he does some uh, some marriage books. You know, uh, "Fit to Be Tied" is a great one. But I talked about the Tunnel of Chaos, and this tunnel is where most married couples won't go into. It's the tunnel that is an argument, you know. It's a, it's a tunnel that, you know, you can be real and be very honest. Um, but the key is when you go into the tunnel of chaos is you got to come back out, you know. You can't stay in the tunnel. If you stay in the tunnel, then it's going to wreck your marriage, you know. Uh, Communication is going to break down, right? But you also have to have the courage to go in the tunnel, because if not, I met a guy uh, just this past week. Uh, Dale Sinclair dropped off a piece of stone for me. And he got to meet him too. And it was really interesting because the very, within 10 minutes, the guy had said that uh, him and his wife had divorced after 32 years of marriage. 32 years. They never went into the tunnel. And then when they did, they never stepped out of it. You know, it took them years and years and years to get in it. Then when they finally got in there, they never stepped out and then they divorced. And, you know, they've reconciled it where they're friends now. And, you know, they're both going to church and they're both saved. But it's really interesting to see the scar, the scar that that's left. 
So um, you got to come out of the tunnel, but you also have to be willing to go into it, right? So I really, I really like the description of Goliath, though, because this is like a description of maybe our problems. And my Goliath uh, in my family, you know, is my boy has autism, right? Um, and it's similar to my Goliath. I mean, it's a 10-foot giant. You know, they say that his armor weighed 125 pounds, maybe 126, depending on what version you read. The, they say that his, uh, his spear was like a fence rail. I mean, that's big, right? The spear tip was 15 pounds. I mean, anybody that hunts, that's like carrying two guns and a little bit of ammo or one gun and a lot, right? Um, but, you know, he mocks and he challenges. He goes right in there and he, and he mocks God. You know, he gets right in the middle of it. He gets in their face, and what does he do? He intimidates them. And I think that's what, it, that's what the devil is the best at. The enemy is the best at intimidating you, thinking that that thing that you have is way bigger than God. And in fact, it's just the opposite. Uh, in one of the scriptures, uh, you know, Pat had brought up, well, actually, I, I, had, uh, I had had in my notes, you know, in John, he's called the, the, the prince of this world. And it's not that he's the... He's, he's the prince of this world in the fact that Satan is, that is. Um, Jesus is unaffected because he's free of sin, right? But look around and you can see that he is, to a degree, the prince of this world. I mean, it's a dark world, right? Christ can get you out of that, you know? God can get you out of that. Um, so, and that's, you know, and it's through intimidation that he has us believe that. So... So he goes down in the valley and he starts talking and he's confronting them. And he does it for 40 days. So you can imagine how browbeat they are. Uh, and then David, you know, is taking food to his brothers. And his brothers see him coming, you know. And they're happy probably for their food, I would assume. Uh, however, uh, the interesting thing is, though, is when he's listening to God, and that's the key, right? He's listening to God. David is listening to God. And he's called, and he has a plan, and, and he's forming the plan. So, so David's already identified what it is that he needs to do, and, you know, that's the first step. And the second is he's already forming a plan. Now, he's got to go through, through his family, though. Now, you guys know. I mean, you've got to go through your family. Sometimes that's not well-received. I mean, I remember when I went out on my own, I left a job, you know, that paid pretty good. You know, it was like sixty, sixty-five thousand, 65000 And I said, I'm going to be a stonemason. Now, I can't even hardly swing a hammer at this point. I used to get uh, tools at Christmas, and I would laugh. I'm like, Kristen, I will never use these. So now I'm going to go into a construction business, right? Um, so I used to always laugh at that, you know. And then my family was like, what are you doing? You know, I have two kids. You know, a house, you know, and my daughter, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but, you know, and I mean, I just knew that's what I was supposed to do. Um, but it's the same thing, you know. I, it, it's the family. And you, you guys know, you guys have church mates, you know, brothers and sisters in the Lord, right? And sometimes you approach them on something, they're like, are you kidding me? You know, even though it's from God, you know, and you start listening to them instead of listening to God, you know. And that's, that's another way that the devil gets in there, you know, and he starts to intimidate you by other people's words, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's one of my questions that I have wrote down here is, uh, in what areas has the devil been challenging you? Challenging you to 
stand up for Christ. He doesn't want you to. He just challenges you. He tries to keep it down. I mean, it could be self-abuse. It could be uh, porn. You know, it could be uh, alcoholism. It could be joblessness. Um, it could be laziness. I mean, it could be so many different things. You know, it could be pride, it could, you know, uh, selfishness. I mean, it could be hunting. Right, huh? <laughs> could be hunting. That's <laughs> a, a deal breaker sometimes, right? So all these things that the devil uses, um, and sometimes he calls out for more than 40 days. And then after a while, you just live with it, and you wear it. And that's, that's one of my other points was, uh, you know, a lot of times when we do hear from God, and then we go to our friends, and then they give you his version on what God's saying to them, right, about your situation. And then if you're like me, then I start wearing what he said. You know, just like David, he throws on the armor, and he starts walking around with it. You know, for me, though, instead, David takes it all off. I just keep it on sometimes. I keep it on. If it hurts a little bit here, I get a callus. You know, pretty soon it don't hurt. You know, I mean, it, it just calluses develop all over. I had a pair of work boots. And they're really nice. A couple hundred bucks. You know, I'm on my feet all day carrying heavy things. So I buy really good boots. Danners, you'll know. You know. So um, bought these boots. And, man, they hit right where my ankle and the top of my foot. There's something that just rubbed on them. Well, they're good boots. You know, I've had lots of them. So I just kept wearing them and wearing them and wearing them. And I wore them for three or four weeks thinking they were going to go away, that pain. And it never did. And I finally just took them back. But I was too busy to go to the store to go take them back. So I just wore it. And I wore it for three weeks. And I got my new boots and I put them back on. I'm like, now that's how they're supposed to fit. They're supposed to feel like they're broken in. And they're not supposed to make my feet hurt. And I do that a lot of times with a lot of things. You know, I, I just wear it. I wear what somebody else has said to me, knowing that that's not even it. But maybe it's convenient, and maybe it's from a lack of effort. But that's not what God calls us to do. God calls to hear his quiet and his still voice. You know. So um, now I have to figure out where I'm at. All right. So I'm good. Okay. Let me flip here. So David, he throws off his armor, throws off the sword, grabs his shepherd's staff and five smooth stones, right? And he walks out, swings it, uh, kills him. Hits him right between the forehead, right? You know, he, before that, though, he goes through uh, his family, you know, not believing that he's the one. His king, not believing that he's the one. Um... You know, the king offers his, his, uh, his armor, so he puts that on, decides that's not it. He listens to God's plan, and he grabs his staff and grabs his, his sling. And he goes out, and, uh, and he uses those things. Um, but, you know, David had to have that clear, decisive vision, that moment. I mean, the, the clearest that I've ever had is at the Freedom Center, like seven years ago sitting in a pew, knowing that that was my time. That was when Christ called me. There's been no clearer one. I've had a lot of clear um, visions and heard his voice clear, but none more clear than that. 
And that's the one that I keep striving to get to again, you know, is to, to hear it that audibly and to know it that powerfully. And, and probably it's more of an emotion thing, you know, I want to feel it like that. You, Kirk, you remember? I mean, man, I remember not quite the seat, but I remember right where it was at. So that's where what I, I try to try to get to, um, you know. And I'm going to have you put up the last scripture, the First Samuel 17, uh, 45 through 47. You know, David does something really cool though after he uh, or before he kills Goliath though, and I think this is really important right here. You know, this is from the message. I I kind of like to jump around with different Bibles. I've got all kinds from a Greek. Um, all the way through uh, King James to New King James to uh, everything. And this was a really cool one. Um, this is his declaration. This is the third part, you know, so he's already identified and he's already formed an attack, a plan. But now he has to declare. And this is what I always forget to do. You come at me with a sword and spear and a battle axe. And I come in the name of angels' armies, the God of Israel's troops, whom you curse and you mock. I'm about to kill you, cut off your head, serve you, serve up your whole body and the bodies of your buddies to the crows and the coyotes. The whole world will know that there is an extraordinary God in Israel. And everyone gathered here will learn that God does not save by means of sword or spear. This battle belongs to God, and he is serving you up on a platter. The declaration. For me, it's autism. I'm so sick of it. You know, I look at my boy, you know, I'm just sick, just sick of it, sick of where it's taken us. You know, I love that he's a vessel and he's full in, in Christ and God. So what, do, what are you guys sick of? What are you ready to declare? Maybe it's uh, a, a joblessness situation that I know you're sick of it. I mean, you're just sick, you know, sick of it pondering, you know. So, you know, I mean, for addictions, uh, just selfishness. I mean, I know. I mean, I go through all those different things, right? So I think it's really great that, you know, David declares this. You know, and it's overlooked, you know. And he defeated what everyone else thought was impossible, right? And I think uh, I put down that we have to be relevant, you know. We have to be real. We have to take these these First Samuel seventeen. You know, you have to take that 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 God living story, and it has to be relevant in our lives, right? Um, and I wanted to go over this with you too. So, you know, I don't get. I've got six kids. In case some of you guys don't know, so my wife and I, we don't get much time to. Just kind of sit still and listen, you know. I do a lot of listening when I'm driving to a job site. Um, a lot of writing then, too, so I'm already going to apologize and pray for you if you're behind me or in front of me. <laughs> Sometimes I'm a little erratic. Um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 want, I, want, I think God wants you to do this, too. God wants to invite you into the valley. He wants you in the valley with the devil. He wants you to declare God's sovereignty, his fullness over the devil. 
See, the devil really doesn't want you there. He just invites you there, hoping that you don't show up, especially if you show up with God. If you show up in the fullness of God, there's no chance. He might be the prince of this world, but not if you have Christ. I mean, that's the trump card, right? I have a couple notes here. I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I just write down some things from time to time. And a few of these are ones that I just happened to write down while I was driving. It said, you know, the valley gives you character. It's just like, you know, the tunnel of chaos. It gives you character, knowing that you can go in and come out. The valley gives you hope. It gives you life. Um, you have to be willing to go into it where the place is, is fought, where the battle's fought, to experience the freedom of God, right? In Christ and the Holy Spirit. All those. But you have to be willing to do it. Um, and just as some notes when I was, you know, I knew I was going to have to change my sermon a little bit because God was telling me to. And he said, uh, you are not worthless. You are not homeless. You're not jobless. You are not autistic. You're not a porn addict. You are not an alcoholic. You are not a substance abuser. You're not selfish. You're not hopeless. You're not a workaholic. But this is what you are. You are a child of God. That's it. You are just a child of God. And it's not just a child of God. You are a child of God. The sin doesn't own you. Now, the devil wants it to own you. You know, somebody used to ask me what I... So what do you do? Instead of saying, oh, uh, you know, I'm a father, you know, a husband, you know, a, a God chaser. I had my own stone business, you know. I, I was successful, you know. If you got in my way, I'd run you right out of business. I mean, but my business, I was a workaholic, it owned me. And more importantly, I owned it, you know. And that's how all these things are. So, so that, that's, that's the thing, don't own it. I mean, you might do sinful things, but don't own them. Don't forget who you are. Um, and what did I get? That's it. That's all I had. Um, you know, you just get into the valley if you're not. Be confident in who you are. Remember those 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 three things. You know, not only you know to, to identify and then to have the the plan and then the declaration, but you're created to worship God, to follow in the steps of Jesus Christ, and to listen to the Holy Spirit. Those are the things. So we're going to pray real quick. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for, our, for your words, Lord. I thank you that you talk to me. Even when I'm not listening so much, Lord. That your Holy Spirit just speaks to me. Lord, I just pray that, um, that you would just bless this congregation, Lord. That you would allow them to, to go down to the valley to meet you there, Lord, to declare your, your fullness over the situation. 
Lord, I just thank you that you're so much bigger than, than what we make our faults to be. Lord, I thank you that, you know, we, we, don't, we don't have to own anything, Lord. Just own our faith in you, Lord. Pray you give us strength and you give us courage. And I thank you. I thank you that I don't have to fear death. And all I have to do is look for hope. I thank you for dying on a cross and raising from the dead, Lord. I thank you for my boy, Bailey. I thank you how you use him to connect to other people. I know he's perfect. We just make him out to be not perfect. But I just ask that. I just declare. I just declare that his time has come. That he would just take it away. I'm just tired, Lord. Amen. I'd ask you guys to come down to the front if you want. If you have anything to to declare, I don't know any better of a place is to humbly ask the Lord just to uh, to be dominant over it. And don't forget to leave the valley once you've won. So whatever that impossibility is in your life right now today, I don't think that there's, um, I don't think it's any mistake that this front here is like coming down into a valley. So I'd invite you to come on down and let's declare, let's make declarations of those things that have, you've been lied to that seem impossible in your life, but God is a God of the impossible. He makes all things new. And so we're going to declare that. Whatever your circumstance, if it's your finances, if it's addictions, if it's relationships, whatever seems impossible in your life right now, come on down. And Chris, I'm going to ask you to come and help pray. Let's just make these declarations. First, let's, let's start with just asking God to forgive us for believing that the devil was bigger than he was, or he is. So, Father, we just repent right now. We just repent in the name of Jesus, Lord, for our circumstance, Lord, and seeing our circumstances being bigger than you are. And, Father, we just repent of that right now. We ask you to forgive us, and we just release that into your hands. We just release it, Lord. We just release it. And, Father, we declare you are the healer. We declare you are the God of the impossible. We declare this over our lives today, Lord. 
We choose right now to trust and believe in you, even though everything around us tells us not to. We bind the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. And everybody down here in front, whatever that thing is, you need to start declaring it yourself. You need to speak it out, whatever it is, quietly, or but you need to speak it out verbally. And you need to declare over your life that I am a child of God. And I bow only to Jesus. I don't bow to my circumstances. That I trust in him. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, keep coming, Holy Spirit. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We speak to the mountains in our lives right now. and We command them to move in the name of Jesus. Nothing is impossible for you, God. Nothing is impossible. In every problem, there's a promise. And, Father, we fix our eyes on that promise, and that's you, Lord. You are the creator. You are the author. You are the finisher of our lives, Lord, the beginning and the end. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord.